ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Student of the Game. I am Kyle Nash, the Student of the Game, and listen, if you're here, chances are you like talking sport. We're glad you chose to do it with us here tonight. Um, listen, I mean, we're not talking a whole lot of NBA this week, although I did have a lot of fun watching both LeBron James in person and simultaneously watching the Lakers get trounced by the Magic. That's a that's a fun time for me personally because uh, uh, I am not a Laker guy, but I am a LeBron guy. Even though I don't think he's the goat, I think Braun haters and Jordan worshippers they're just a little too far off the deep end. Uh, well, plenty plenty of time to do that when basketball's actually relevant in my eyes. Let's say around that February area. Um reason why we focus so much on football is because in just a moment here we're going to bring in our own Mikey Byrne of Huddle Up Inc. Um, doing fantasy action there. And at some point soon, I would imagine the return of a little bit of hockey action with Five for Fighting sooner than later. He'll tell us about that. I'm all sure here momentarily when we bring him in. But college football rankings came out again. Can somebody please explain to me, just like I keep asking for Penn State, what what they've done. What it, what exactly is it you do here? I, I'm going full office space. I am going, call me Bob Bamajama, all right? Like, it's, I, I you know, I, I'm not going to say the word I want to say because we don't want to hear that on either, neither the um, oldschool101.com airwaves nor any of the other places like the Huddle Up Inc. YouTube channel and the Sertobo Media YouTube channel and all the other places on the podcast where he can hear everything. Bing! Now, granted, it'll help that EJ Christian's not on the show to ruin all of that. By the way, shouts to Drew Willingham for bailing me out last week, giving me a clean version of a podcast after EJ bleeped up the rotation. Um, it, I find it interesting that I'm scolding EJ about cursing while also mentioning him bleeping up something as if to exactly teach him how to handle doing that. That's Listen, I don't provide problems. I provide solutions on the show. You don't have to like them, but they're giving you options. Anyways, that was a heck of a segue. So. Here's my question. If Washington, such as they are, are undefeated and have beaten an Oregon team that is currently, I believe, seventh, excuse me, sixth, right behind them in the standings, probably on the strength of the game in question, by the way, shouts to my guy, Michael Penix, making me look really smart for picking him as an alternate to the Heisman because that shootout this past Saturday I, I mean, you got to call it a shootout. It really, it's more kind of like the lobby scene from the Matrix with bullets flying everywhere rather than your typical OK Corral style exchange um, because there was just a lot more ammunition going on, just saying. Um, but Michael Penix winning that game over um, USC in the shootout. And I, I granted, I know, I know that he nor Caleb Williams play defense, so it's not technically them versus them, but that's what it's going to be seen on on the, on paper as them battling each other. And let's be honest, Pac-12 defenses that aren't Utah, um, and I'll give Oregon a little bit of love, but that aren't Utah don't generally play defense, so they all kind of really don't matter per se, but I digress. The fact that Caleb Williams has won that shootout over Caleb Williams is going to be a big deal in his cap should he manage to finish out against Oregon State, Washington State, and hopefully um, for uh, if you're a, uh, a a Husky fan can say woof in woof, not woof. You say woof, I guess that means you lose. But woof um, in the conference championship to win the Pac-12. Being said, I don't have any reason to believe Florida State 
is any better than Washington. And while both teams are undefeated, Florida State is ahead of, of Washington. And that's that's a crime. I don't think Florida State should be ahead of Oregon. Because the only team that beat them is an undefeated number four Washington team. But yet still, Florida State is in the top four. But people want to tell me the role of active athletic directors in the committee don't matter. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not in the mood to get into all that. This is supposed to be a far more fun episode. And hey, technically speaking, a five-minute intro isn't all that bad. Why? Because you're about to feel the burn. That's the alternative. Mikey Burn of the Huddle Up Inc. family. Oh, you didn't pick Brian Dayball last year. I was here to witness that. You, didn't do you, it. The only one who's wearing a clown face is anybody at this point who still thinks he's the coach of the year. Shouts to EJ Christian. Anyways, welcome in, man. Glad to have you aboard. Hey, bud. How are things? Um, good. Hey, listen, by the way, I, I, I hinted at the five for fighting. Is that a thing that's going to come back this year? It is. Um, I was letting the hockey season develop a little bit um, before we start getting into it, um, because honestly, I, I was going to put out an episode and then the unfortunate uh, situation happened over in Europe with Adam Johnson uh, having his uh, being being killed on the ice mm. um, in, in the European game. Um so I felt like the first episode, it you know, it was going to kind of be derailed because obviously the talks of, you know, player safety and now wearing the net guard, you know, across the National Hockey League and across other leagues was going to kind of take away from it. So I kind of wanted to let the severity of the situation um, settle in before I started talking about, you know, players being hurt and players stepping away from teams and, and coaches on the hot seat and things like that because – those things are, in the grand scheme of things, not important uh, when the situation that occurred over in Europe happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to let that breathe for a little while. I didn't want to rush into a show and kind of do it a disservice and b kind of feel like I was um, being distasteful uh, at the severity of, of the unfortunate situation that happened over in Europe. So I kind of took a step back. Wait a couple more weeks. We're gonna we're gonna probably do something here right around Thanksgiving time. Will probably be the relaunch, and then it'll be a every week or every other week show from there. Um, I just kind of wanted to let everybody kind of come back into understanding the severity again that happened over there in Europe before I got into the the fun stuff that is the National Hockey League. So fair enough. I I, I wasn't aware that you were possessed by our good friend Big Jim Nice, who um you know, is a decent human being. Apparently you've decided to take up that mantle. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's because Joey Bird decided to be good. No, but... it's because I don't have to deal with Ernest DJ Christian on that show. Wow. Wow. Fired. Hey, listen, to somebody who comments and is regularly in the comment section of the Huddle Up podcast, bing, I think you have to deal with them just plenty. Anyways. That's true. Um, yeah, no, listen, so uh, um, uh, definitely respect the vibe there. And for hockey fans, Definitely look out. If you ever want to have a guest, strong recommendation for one Shukri Wrights. You would have seen him on this show at some point talking uh, both puck and ball on the Student of the Game podcast. Um, with all the above in mind, we talked a little college football, um, touched on the uh, college football committee that might be doing the worst job they've done in their existence this year, and I'm not exaggerating. Um, with that in mind, let's get to it. Mid- Season awards for 2023. Now, we're going to kick it off. Here with a nice and fun one that a lot of people like. I'm pretty sure you and I are going to differ on this one, but only slightly. Slight deviation from opinion here. 
Offensive player of the year, Mikey Byrne, who you got? Um, there was a couple guys that I was going back and forth on. Yeah. I have settled. I have settled uh, on the offensive player of the year being none other than the cheetah himself, Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins. 69 catches, 1,076 yards, eight touchdowns. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. What, what was uh, his yardage? I just heard the catches. Uh, 1,076, eight <laughs> scores. Um, you know, a guy who's leading the league in, re- in receiving yards um, and, and has had a very explosive portion of that offense. Um, we talked about it last night on the FKC Fantasy Hour. Um, yep. Uh, Jalen Waddles had a down year from a numbers perspective. And I think it's because of how good of a year Tyreek Hill has had. That's some of it. I I, I also think you, you might notice an uptick in Miami's ground game as Correct. well. Correct. And, and the Mosert. line, yeah, being what it is. Um, Correct. Moser A chain is because you guy Tyreek. Correct. Hill. So yeah. uh, I will I will bestow the front half of the 2023 award for offensive player of the year to the cheetah, Tyreek Hill. No, that's a fine selection. I mean, I've, I've cited reasons that that's good, too. But um, I'm going to give it to another player who, in fact, also impacts two parts of the uh, offense at the same time. And of course, that'd be none other than Christian McCaffrey. Listen, doing what he does is an amazing thing. Leading running backs among receptions, no shock. There also just runs like a beast. Hasn't dealt with any um, long-standing, long-term injury issues um, in San Francisco. And and just despite all the tough style of football, yet somehow he's being asked to do a little less, in my opinion, than in Carolina. Um, and listen, we don't have to go on and on. If my predictions hold true when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, there'll be plenty of more from more, more on that later from your side of it. But we'll get there when we get there. Um, yeah. So Christian McCaffrey, offensive play of the year. You two have the cheetah. That's a fine selection. Um, we'll leave that at that. Defensive player of the year. I'm going to lead off with this because I'm going to be called a homer, but I don't think it would be appropriate to do that. Listen, maybe he doesn't lead the league in sacks. He's just been second, and he's lead led it for some period of time. Um, maybe he has some good DBs behind him, but you didn't hear of them before this year where they were producing with this guy up front. See, I'm narrowing it down now. You know, it's a player in the defensive front, right? I can even add this concept of the fact that he's helped his team win games when the offense has sputtered for three and a half quarters against some of the AFC's best. And, oh, by the way, helping to do it with, what was it, Um, three wins, 19 days, three different time zones. I speak none other than a guy who should get the bag thrown out of him after this season by Shad Khan and the Jacksonville Jaguars, Josh Allen. And I can make a case that where he's an MVP candidate because all I hear about from the Duval devout, as I call them when I write articles in the Jaguar report of SI, that, oh, and also the three-point conversion, bing, the only way I hear, the only thing I hear about is we should have drafted Aiden Hutchinson. Why do we get Trayvon Walker? Now, granted, fans don't understand that at the time that pick was made, your running back cores in the AFC South was the reason you have six games against teams that run the ball a lot, four of them featuring either Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor. Taylor's just unfortunately dealt with a lot of injuries. That's a separate conversation. You didn't know that two seasons ago. Okay, thanks. But all they do is gripe about that. 
All that Jacksonville Jaguar fans do is gripe about the departure of Arden Key to the Titans. Tough card for him to draw. Uh, all people in the Duval Devout do is complain about the linebackers. Granted, less so this year than last, but nonetheless. And yet, Josh Allen is the constant. You're going to tell me that the Jacksonville Jaguars are still off to their second best start in franchise history without that man damaging and committing crimes against people that even have his own name, shouts to the Buffalo Bills quarterback, um, who himself called himself scary. I mean, not himself, but his name, the guy with his name, scary. It's whatever. I wrote about that on the Jaguar report, too. Look for it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see right now at this point in the season how you don't pick Josh Allen. I'm Obviously, there might be one or two picks that I won't argue with, but, yeah. And and maybe, listen, maybe I'm too far in the, far in the porch to see past the trees, but that's where I'm at. Um, I like the pick of Josh Allen. He was on my short list. Um, and right but, I decide, but I decided to go away from the front four. Um, I am going to the secondary, and I'm not going to go with the flashy secondary pick. Um, this guy has actually returned four of his three interceptions to the house, yeah. and he's Ooh. helped the team. And he's helped the team with a decent running problem and a decent quarterback problem. Stay competitive in the NFC. I may become a homer uh, for this guy because he plays on. Big Jim's football team. You I'm mean going the with the, the fraud, the fraud cons. What? The frisky fraud cons, or whatever the whatever Ernest calls them. No fraud cons. Get out of here. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Deron Bland of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, 24 tackles, 10 pass deflections, four touchdowns. Three of them returned for interceptions. His interceptions have all come in a spot where they needed a turnover to, to either cement a game or get back in a game and he's come through in big situations. I, I, I think the when I think defensive player of the year, when we when we reconjourn here in a couple in in a month or two to talk about the final stretch, I don't think it'll be a corner. I think yeah. it will be one of those guys, a Parsons, a Bosa, a Josh Allen, a TJ Watt. I think inevitably they will win the award. Um but looking at what it, Shout-outs to Max Crosby. If Vegas was a small bit better, he probably would have been higher on my list. Oh, um, absolutely. But and, and th but this is this is a spot where in the front half of the year, just looking at the effect that the, the guys have had, TJ Watt's been a little bit down. His pressures haven't his pressures have been big, but his sack numbers aren't the same. Bose has been getting chipped a lot. It's taking him a little bit longer to get to the quarterback because the tight ends are chipping. They're having fullbacks stay in, running backs stay in, keeping him, kicking him all the way out. So his yeah. sack numbers are down. Yeah. Um, so I, I went with a with a player who has directly impacted the victories that his team has had and has kept them in the race in the NFC. Yes, the, the loss this week to Philadelphia hurts them for the division, um, but I'm not going to go panic room like uh, Big Jim Nees does and say that they're not a playoff team. Because I've looked at the rest of the teams in the wild card and contention, and if you're telling me that the Dallas Cowboys are not getting in over Josh Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings or Tyler Heineke and the Atlanta Falcons, we need to go have a conversation, and we may need to go have an intervention because Big Jim is literally pressing the panic button way too soon. See, but also, same token, you can't rule that out. Because in Jim's defense, he's been hurt before, and my friend, Cowboys going Cowboys sometimes, and, and I think. Oh, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. But this is one of those where 
Do I think that this Dallas team is going to make a deep run in the playoffs? Probably not. But do I think that I trust them a lot more than I do Atlanta and Minnesota now that Kirk Cousins is out and some of the other teams that are behind them? I probably trust them more because I trust Micah Parsons. I trust the defense of the Dallas Cowboys to keep them into games. And to be fair, Dakota did not look terrible against the Philadelphia Eagles. Hmm. I'm, I'm glad you went out to not rain on his parade. Um, but with that in mind, listen, um, you know, I, I heard the hubba 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 money, money, money. Who do you trust in there? All that. But um, I, I guess, you, you know, I, you went statistical and normally I would protest that. But to your point, you got you have three pick sixes in four of your interceptions um, without Trayvon Diggs being on the roster too I, I don't know if you mentioned that or not but that's I that's a factor. yeah yeah they're going to test you even more now without him um you know on the surface that response seemed rather bland but when you explain it the way you do um yeah and and i let you you come out the gate saying it probably won't be in the back half i have some of those on my list upcoming here as well that this mm. is it's a first half award you're doing first half ish real good and and you know I'll I'll leave all of that. I, I, I normally I would protest, but like I said, statistically as a data man, it's impossible for me to do so at this time. Um, with that in mind, defensive rookie of the year, Burn. I'm curious where you're going to go here. There's a lot of interesting candidates. Prior to the injury, I think my snap selection would have been Christian Gonzalez of the New England and it's Patriots. Let's be clear. You and I were texting in full agreement of that itch <clears throat> early on. Correct. Prior to the injury, I think he would have been a runaway winner here. Um, I don't think it would have been close. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to go to a member of the secondary, uh, Devin Witherspoon of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he has 30 tackles, two sacks, an interception, and a touchdown. I mean, he's he's flying all over the field. Uh, shout out to Craig Horn, friend of mine, member of the Fat Kid Certified Fantasy Hour, big Seahawk fan. Um, I don't know why you're shouting him out because he might be a Seahawk fan, but he also has no idea what he's talking about. So there's that. I mean, but he but he did turn and and he did mention to me a couple weeks prior to the Cincinnati Seattle game the fact of what Devin Witherspoon has been doing as a member of the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, and it, it is watch him. Yes, it made me watch him a little bit more intensely in the Seattle games that I've watched since he's mentioned Devin Witherspoon. Um, right. So. While I think Christian Gonzalez would have been the runaway winner here, the fact that the injury took place and his season is probably over. Runaway is a factor, 100%. Yeah. Same, by the way, so, for Justin Jefferson. I think both of us would have had him as an OP, uh, OTY correct. candidate as correct. well. Correct. Absolutely. So uh, I'll go Devin Witherspoon um, just, just on the fact that I, I just can't give it to Christian Gonzalez. So here's the problem. I, I, went, I put the show in this order. Um, hoping early that we wouldn't have a whole lot of matches. Um, I did not account for you hacking EJ Christian's phone, who regularly steals my notes, so you can take my Devin Witherspoon pack, damn it! Um, that being said, uh, I did think about Will Anderson Jr. as well. Um, Jalen Carter, yeah, Carter isn't a bad pick. He's doing a good job for a defensive tackle. I don't feel like he's uplifting that defense the way uh, uh, guys around him kind of thing. He's doing statistically great. He's going to be a great player for a great time, but this being a single-year episode, I mean, Witherspoon is, is, is film-wise is a good pick. Um, the 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 Seahawk 
defense is upgraded significantly, and he's a huge part of it. Um, uh, same too can be said for uh, Will Anderson Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I, he's. I'll put it, if you were to ask me right, right now, point blank, which one is more likely to hold at the end of the year? I would say Will Anderson is. I would. Uh, I, I would agree with that. Because if a because corner is just harder, and B, I believe the Seahawks schedule gets harder moving on. They haven't played the 49ers yet. I don't know. Nope. They haven't so, played them either time. There you go. So yeah, two two games against the Niners. Uh that's that's gonna be tough. I my favorite thing there, I know he's got a pick six, but the eight eight passes defended is the big deal for me. They've tested him often and he's passed. So there you Correct. go. Um offensive rookie of the year. How the hell do you not pick CJ Stroud, Mikey Byrne? I was gonna say, are we are we really just doing this? Or are we just gonna we gonna talk about that he has a fourteen to one touchdown interception ratio? I mean, that's where you can start. How many records has he broken already? Doing rookie ish, uh, playing Over. for a team that's mediocre. And by the way, I mean, I say mediocre, but apparently my pick of seven wins for them to match the Tennessee Titans made uh, at the end of August, early September, um, on the Student of the Game podcast. Uh, Bing. yeah right it, it, we're on the Give show yeah can you give do you, his ding do, do you do you can you wear the t-shirt of the show you're not going to i'm told don't be that guy so anyways um i'm technically not wearing the student of the game t-shirt so i can't be accused of that but exactly. um yeah cj stroud for me is clearly the offensive rookie of the year um he's forget the oh um, he's an ohio state quarterback how about just lifting up this okay first year head coach a mm-hmm. team that has been among, if not the worst, the past two seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And has had an injury list, including up front, where Laramie Tunsil missed a significant um, uh, 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 amount of time on the field. I could give you more. I just don't feel like I have to. Burn anything I mean, you want to add. I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about the fact that um, if you are not a Houston Texans fan or a person that follows football enough, either fantasy or because of what we do, you probably wouldn't know that his number one receiver is Nico Collins. I, I do, but that's thanks to a lot of help from my good friend Patrick Creighton of <laughs> ESPN. And ESPN. I, mean, I mean, when you look at it, he's got Nico Suave. He's got... Uh, Which is great, by the way. Thank you. Keep that up. He's got Tank Dell. Uh, don't worry. Jaguars twice, and I saw it happen in person. But but when you look at it, and, and looking at C.J. Stroud, the argument for a, lo- a lot of times with Lamar Jackson is, he hasn't had the number one wide receiver. It's why his passing numbers aren't that great. CJ Stroud is proving to you that if you have re- receivers that run the right routes, don't drop passes, and can catch the ball and then make moves after catching it, they don't have to have a name like Justin Jefferson. They don't need to be Jamar Chase. They need to be guys that you can trust to run your offense. And Nico and Tank ha- have been able to accommodate that and made it where CJ's been able to get the ball out of his hands fast. What I hear you saying is it was all Greg Roman's fault, but we'll leave that there. Uh- <laughs> more, more on that later. More on that later. Uh- <laughs> um, this will take us into 2023. Mikey Burr, who do you believe is the biggest, who or what do you believe is the biggest surprise this season? Uh, he's the number two quarterback in terms of passing yards in 2023 right now from your Washington Commodores. Sorry, Red Tails. Sorry, Commanders. Uh, Give me Sam Howell. 
because what new offensive coordinator. Nobody thought Sam Howell was going to be Eric Bieniemy's quarterback. You can't spell Samuel Howell with at least th- without at least three L's. Am I right? Correct. But he's kept them in football games that they really have no right being in because of the way that he's thrown the football. Two games against Philadelphia, they probably should have lost by double digits. He kept them in football games. Let's be real here. Eric Bieniemy has a guy that he can build his offense around once he takes the job over from Ron Rivera, because I remember hearing about Riverboat Ron, but Riverboat Ron has not been as riverboaty this year. He's not been as, oh, let's go for two in this spot, or let's go forward on fourth down. He's been very timid, um, it feels like, at points. Um, and I don't know if that's because he knows that his job's on the line, but a lot of those have backfired. Um, and I feel like if we would have let Riverboat Ron, Riverboat Ron, um, this Washington team could have a couple more wins and we wouldn't have to worry about how many L's Sam has in his last name. Um, so I, my surprise here is that a lot of people, I think we talked about it in, in the preview of the quarterback rankings had Sam Howell towards the bottom of the, of the sheet. Mm-hmm. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the national football league? No. Is he closer to that 15 range? I'm going to say yes. His decision-making has been good. He's, he's got good wide receivers there in Washington. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dodson, Curtis Samuel when he's healthy, Logan Thomas if he can stay on the field. Um, their running backs have been kind of questionable, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. It's like they have up and down games. So Sam Howell has had to be that consistency on offense. Um, I don't know that any of us thought Washington would have as many wins as they do right now Which at the midway cool. point of the year. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why I'm more on the surprise scale. Um, because I don't think we thought a lot of Washington coming into this year. So surprised that they've been able to stay in games that they've lost and win games that they probably shouldn't have. Um, and that I think that starts with Sam Howell. So um, that's adorable. Let me tell you, there's no end. Like this might be the biggest gap you and I ever experience. Um, I, I'm not going to talk you in such the same fashion as EJ Christian, but you have some things that just make me wince. In your analysis. Um, I didn't even mean to do it that time. It just kind of happened. Um, Sam Howell's success is not Sam Howell. It's Eric Bieniemy, and you and I both know that. So I can't sure. give him credit. If you want to say, if you want to say the impact that Eric Bieniemy's had after everybody's whining and bitching in red tail, sorry, commander training camp, cool, go that way. All right. If you want to say it's a surprise that just the change in ownership and front office action has helped the red tails. Sorry, commanders this quickly. Cool. I can't give this damn thing to Sam. How, first of all, half the reason they're here is less about improvement and more about disappointment. I was told even by myself, I fell for the hype that the bears would be an eight win team. They aren't. They're awful. One of the, um, by the way, the red tails still found a way to lose to the bears in question. Um, one of the teams you snuck by, if you're a, I, I say to, that the Red Tails snuck by, is the Broncos. Not great, Bob. And as it was, you needed referee intervention to even accomplish that. I mean, you, I think all four. I think all four of their wins are trash: Arizona, Denver, the Fraud Cons, and New England. Oh, but uh, the great, great point you made. But oh, I'm not done. 
You want to tell me about close losses which the, with the Eagles, which absolutely true and fair to bring up. The problem is that's you, you sound like a member of the college football playoff committee. You're more I'm more impressed by the quality losses than the wins that they have. But losing to the Giants and putting up only seven points. I no, I can't sign off on this. Like uh, this is this is probably the biggest L. Again, going back to Mikey, because you can't spell L without Mikey Burn. Damn it, that doesn't work. No, uh, that one doesn't track. That one doesn't track. <laughs> Wait, you can't spell Michael Burn without an L. There it is. There it is. <laughs> but there see, it is. He got it. He got there. That's why that works is because I had to look really hard to find that single L, and you found a way to present it to me here with this pick. No, this is this is not good. Um, the obvious answer is CJ Stroud. Are you kidding me? He's got an offensive head coach. He was a first year guy he's from Ohio State. Everything said he was supposed to fail. And even though I called it working out, nobody thought it was this good. Nobody. And if you say you did, you're lying. Or you're a Texan homer. Maybe you live inside the Houston city limits and regularly listen to my guy, Patrick Creighton or Sean Salisbury. Whatever it is you do. It's CJ. Come on, man. You're you're more surprised by Sam Howell than you are CJ Stroud. I mean, personally, yes, because I felt that CJ Stroud was going into a better opportunity because I thought drafting CJ Stroud where they did, they were going to let CJ Stroud play, and if he was going to make mistakes, make mistakes, and he wasn't going to be benched for insert random person here. I felt with the enemy taking the job over, Sam Howell was playing for his life in the national football. So what you're trying to say is going into it, you are already ready to be proud of CJ Stroud. Well, I suppose that's your best defense. I don't like it. You did a oh, better job defending that than you did this, this Sam Howell trash. I mean, I mean, it's, it's Sam Howell, it's CJ Stroud. And then I had my, my third one. Cause I did have CJ Stroud at number two. My, my, my third was probably going to be the fact that um, Lamar Jackson hasn't ended up hurt yet. Ooh. <laughs> But see, how surprised can we be really be by Raven's success? Because despite your well, home, not, not 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 Raven's success, the fact that he just hasn't gotten hurt because that offensive line, the last couple of years has been kind of in shambles, and he finds a way to get hurt. I, I mean, I, the health the health of him and Tua Tungavailoa. I, I mean, surprised that neither one of them has gotten dinged if up. You, yet. If you had combined Lamar Demetrius Jackson and Tua and said their their health staying fit, I would have taken that, and it would have been a better answer. Then Howell, I can give you that. I not a fan, Mikey Byrne. Sorry, Mikey, I'm gonna have to burn you on that. On That's that. fine. And 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 here's the thing: we talked about uh, how we don't think that certain people are gonna stay there. I don't think that'll be my biggest surprise when we reconvert <laughs> on this in a couple of months. Um. Yeah. No. There's probably gonna be a playoff team that sneaks in that'll take that. Correct. I'm there will you. probably be there will probably be a conversation piece somewhere. Actually, and, and I feel stupid because I, I should have mentioned this as my number two um, and, 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 and a fine argument to make. The Browns being playoff relevant. Who had that on the bingo card other, other than people that live in the state of Ohio in question? A lot of people were tooting their horn, and once uh, Deshaun Watson started to struggle, as some people tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen, um, that defense – has I mean, been something um, amazing. And I'm not just saying that because they beat the Niners. I was saying it well before that. And um, I think the other thing that people have to remember is they've stayed in playoff contention without Nick Chubb. Yes, thank you. A lot of people do forget that. Um, and 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 I was I, you heard me be that guy to wave that flag on the Huddle Up podcast last night. Bing! Mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, no, I, I think I think the Browns are my second answer. Clearly a better answer than Sam Howell, but like your Sam Howell answer, I don't know that that one will hold all the way through. No, probably not. Either. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Biggest disappointment. Mikey Byrne, go ahead. 2023 uh, biggest disappointment is the NFL 2022 Coach of the Year, Brian Dable and the New York fucking Giants. Sorry, sorry, bleeping Giants. You have to leave that one out. My oh, bad. 32-42. Yep, yep. Here we go. I, dro- I dropped a hard one. My bad. I forgot we were supposed to not do that. That's on me. But uh, the New York Giants because, oof. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, not, that's college football. That's the Huskies. Not great, Bob. <laughs> not great, Bob. <laughs> um, for all the hype that was the coach of the year last year, according to them, but not according to us because, yeah. because, you know, we're the smart ones here. Um right. Danny Dimes gets hurt. Then he gets hurt again. Um, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Now we got Tony Bags and Meatballs throwing uh, throwing passes in New York. More like, um, Tony, his, Tim, more like Timmy DeVete. No, am I right? Yeah. Anyway. His parents own the deli back down on 45th and Broadway. Feel free to stop in. Tell them they said hi. Um, it's not good. And it's not going to get any better. Um, their wide receivers are, are just duds. Darren Waller's on IR. Saquon Barkley, I think, wants to leave New York faster than Snape Plitzkin. Um, I, I think we're we're in a real problem here with the New York Giants. Um, and I put Brian Dable at the forefront because all I heard last year was they were winning games because of what he was doing. Um, not much has changed, and they're not winning games because of him this year. You know who I liken this to? Do you remember a coach by the name of Cam Cameron? Yes. He was the former... For those who don't know, the former San Diego Charger, trust me, this tracks, follow me here. Mm-hmm. I know they're in the LA now. I know, I know you know this is for the audience, Bert. San Diego Chargers had an offensive coordinator that was a head coach then shortly thereafter in Miami and was a complete bomb, drafting the immortal, are you ready? John Beck at quarterback. Yeah, did not last, by the way. This was the team that shortly thereafter went with Ronnie Brown and the Wildcat, and I came up with the great line for him often, what can Brown do for you? Because he was delivering week in and week out. Punchline's this. Cam Cameron was promoted on the strength of the offense he had in the San Diego Chargers. Now, you're hearing me saying San Diego. Burn, I know you've made the connection, and it's funny. It's not going to involve Michael Burner Turner either in this year no the other guy that started ahead of him ladanian tomlinson okay when your play call is eh, you know phil looks tired and 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 you know uh, uh, antonio gates has caught 172 passes already eh, just give it to ladanian hmm this is a tough situation what do i do i eh, just give it to lt hmm, yeah now conversely and i'll grant you even though I called him Philip the Fraud Rivers at the time because I did not believe in him until he was well later in his com- career, I always believed in him in more than Danny Dimes. So more often was Daple forced to charge. See what I did there, Bull? Anyway, charge through with Saquon Barkley. And there is a reason. Last year, he was the unanimous, all two of us, uh, student of the game, um, 2022 MVP. And we were not fooled by Brian Dayball. So, yeah, I, I see him and Cam Cameron kind of sharing that same, oh, I just can't give it to Saquon. Or if I do, you know, you don't need Ray Charles to know that that's what's coming. And that's funny because Ray Charles is dead. Anyways, uh, see, you were thinking somebody else, didn't you? Anyways, no. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's a fine pick. I, I can't knock that. I'm going to go a different direction, though. This is a team I had winning 11 games in July, I think. He was one of the first ones. This, this team was one of the first ones I talked about. An excellent show. And if you know who he is, I'm going to give it away with my guy, Booga Peters, who helped me walk through the AFC West. I picked 11 wins. He picked 11 wins for the San Diego Chargers. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. That coaching staff, um, particularly the head coach, who's allegedly a defensive guy, they're scoring more points with Kellen Moore, who our good friend Big Jim Neese was ready to launch into the sun, according to his observations podcast. It was five observations back then, but he got lazy. I said it, Jim. I'm joking, obviously. Um, but, yeah, they're scoring more points. But they're not winning games like they should be. Um, they're just not an intimidating team. And, yeah, I, they're, they're going to win games because they're playing the likes of the Denver. Oh, the Denver Broncos. And the right. And such as they are, even though somehow or another they have four wins. I, I don't know how that works. But, yeah, I, I mean, to me, clearly the biggest disappointment is, is the San Diego Chargers. I, I thought we would see them in the playoffs again. And I'm at a state where I cannot guarantee that. What do you say about that, Burn? I don't hate it. Um, the fact that the L.A. Clippers, sorry. San Diego Chargers, sorry, Los Angeles Chargers uh, are going to find a way to blow their season. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, the only thing that I would say coming out of this is that if this is actually going to end with them not making the playoffs, I believe that this has to be the end of the Brandon Staley era. One would um, hope. I think we're because, there anyway. Because, I mean, we're, we're literally wasting the prime of Justin Herbert, the last good years of Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, uh, who I believe is a free agent at the end of the year. He is also. I would also maintain maybe not the best of Justin Hermit. Her, Hermit. We're, Herbert. We're, we're moving. We're moving into the to to it, and I don't want to waste it with him at quarter. At, well, at moreover, it's the least expensive. Correct. Of, Correct. That's the big deal. Um, and here's the thing: if you're going to keep being mediocre and you're going to keep being a seven-win team, um, who's to say Justin Herbert wants to re-sign in LA? That's a great this, point. There will be teams that will want quarterbacks that are going to have some pieces that will spend the money. So, whoa, whoa, gotta, whoa! What do you mean? The Spanos has let that money flow, son. <laughs> I mean, you can let it flow, but if you ain't got an offensive line or any receivers to throw to, I don't know that I want to pay. I don't know that I want to pay California state taxes and be a seven-win team <laughs> if I can go somewhere else and put myself into a position to win. Yeah, no, and, and granted, I make that joke, but I, they've already extended Herbert. I'm just like. It's it's the following contract, I think. And, and Correct. I, that's that's yeah. Um, that's and, where that's where something else may come into play. And actually, I, I kind of misspoke that. It's not that they are about to waste. They have wasted Herbert's least expensive time. So I, I misspoke there. I, I didn't have true, the party simple. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would say I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I have no problem with that one. I feel like it would have been a top two or three answer, because at this point, we're literally at a point where this team is somehow like they, they they win a game against the Jets on Monday Night Football, but they did it because Cameron Dicker kicked like seven field goals. It wasn't because they were finding a way to punch the football in with the exception of the two Austin Eckler touchdowns. But literally, like you're playing a Jets team that is mid-offensively and it, you have a shot to really just put on the gas and we're dropping passes, we're calling third, third and seven, we're calling draw plays. We're not letting a guy who's known for his arm throw the ball vertically down the field. Um, and to be fair, the 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 way that they've done the, the, their scouting, um, 
Quinton Johnson has not looked good this year. Yeah. Mike Williams goes down and you're expecting him to fill in that role. Um, he hasn't stepped up. Joshua Palmer just ended up on IR. So at the end of the day, aside from Keenan Allen and Quinton Johnson, I can't name another receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers right now. So and, you know, Antonio Gates finally did retire. If anybody's one, I'm kidding. Thank God. Uh, I mean, I get it. Gerald, Gerald Everett's there. Donald Parham's there in the tight end for the red zone. But the problem is, is they don't, I don't necessarily know that I can name another wide receiver that they have. And you're active. going on and on about the offense. How about wasting Joey Bosa or Derwin James? Trading for Khalil Mack. Good God. Who had one game where he had like six sacks and he hasn't been heard from since. Yeah, no, there's a milk carton for you, right? Um, no. Great points for all of the above there too. I just I would get you. You were talking about the offense, and rightly so. But th those defensive points needed to be added in as well to fully complete the smorgasbord of disappointment that are the alleged super charges. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to add to that, so we'll move on to um, coach of the year. In my mind, two clear cut candidates. Um, and we've mentioned both their teams loosely. Um, you're making a face, Mikey Byrne. I'm going to have to let you go first so I can bring I can land this plane because you got that I'm about to F up look on your face. I feel like I am. This is the moment. This is the moment he knew he bleeped yeah. up. Yeah, this, this might be the moment. <laughs> uh, my, my coach of the year is the guy that we uh, we gave the offensive rookie, rookie of the year to. Uh, oh. Give me D'Amico Ryan's of the Houston Texans. I'm not mad at that. Um, I'm not mad at that? No, that's fine. Okay, all right, because because that one kind of scared me a little bit. I, I understand that they're that they that they've they're a, they're a 500 team right now. Not in my top two, but that is a fine answer. Okay. Like, again, remember how you you may not be aware, but I've mentioned on other shows and and this one, um, how much shade I got for picking the Texans at seven. Mm-hmm. So him landing the plane and making me look like a pessimist. Listen, uh, it, spoiler alert: they got a really high grade on my midseason gradings with the Student of the Game report on the Earnestly Speaking podcast. Bing. So with that in mind, how can I knock you awarding D'Amico Ryan's? And you can call me a homer if you want to, as a former 49er. I'm sure they're going to be getting Christmas cards from the Houston area code for some time. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. I, I, I just, I D'Amico has done a great job. Uh, he's gotten the defense to play really well. I know he's a defensive-minded head coach, so you knew the defense was going to play well. Um, but he's gotten a lot, again, out of that offense. It's it's Damian Pierce hasn't been good this year as a running back, but he's gotten some out of um, – who's splitting carries there? Oh, um, Singletary, Devin Singletary. Yes, Devin Singletary's been, been playing well. Uh, Dalton Schultz. Uh, mm -hmm. wh what's a rookie quarterback's favorite target? A really good tight end. They went and well, signed him from blows the top of the defense off because they have confusion in assignments. As we talked about on the Duval dive a number of weeks back, Travis Holmes. Correct. <laughs> but everybody's everybody's rookie's favorite target is, is, is a good tight end. They went out and got a good tight end in Dalton Schultz from Dallas. Um, they've put good wide receivers around him. Again, not household names. Not a lot of people know who Nico Collins is. Not a lot of people know who Tank Dell is, unless is you're a fantasy football person. Song from the '90s that you just talked about, Nico Suave, right? Nico Suave. So, anyway, sign, sign me up for some Nico Suave. Um, <laughs> it, but I love—I just love the fact that Nico Ryan's 
has found a way. And, and this is the thing. When you bring in a new coach, you have to find the guys who are, are going to be able to walk into a locker room and get 53 guys to buy in to whatever he wants to do and are willing to play and run through a wall for, for him. And I think D'Amico Ryans has been that guy where a lot of questions about the Houston team was rookie head coach. Is he going to be able to get these guys to believe? Is he going to be able to get these guys to play his style of football? Not I don't think that's the, the turmoil and difficulty between the franchise and himself, which they had to settle before any of that even happened. So, yeah, correct. But let me add this. You say 53 guys, bruh, they got some practice squad dudes that saw time this year and they didn't have um, Shaquille, excuse me, Shaquille Griffin um, mm -hmm. locker room to come out and play before. And he played well against the Jags, by the way, before getting hurt. So, yeah, that's a. Man, listen, 53, you, you're cutting credit from the man is what I'm telling you. Sure, absolutely. And that's the thing. He's gotten these guys to believe. He's, got, he's gotten these guys to, to, turn, the, to turn the ship. Um, and I just see them going, like, up. And I, and I, I have to give D'Amico that, that props because there have been a lot of coaches looking at you, Brandon Staley, who has found a way to not get guys to believe in his, in his system. And he's been there for three years, four years. So to get D'Amico in here with a rookie quarterback – whom a lot of people told me, again, he's an Ohio State quarterback. Um, <laughs> so literally, I had to hear that Bryce Young was going to be better than him. I, hear, I had to hear that Anthony Richardson was going to be better than him and that Houston shouldn't have done this. A rookie quarterback, rookie coach, they've found a way to stay at 500. They've found a way to keep themselves in the conversation for an AFC wildcard spot. I don't necessarily know that they're going to have the staying power to finish the story because there are a lot of teams that are going to be in that conversation. But here's the thing. Eight, nine weeks into the regular season, if you would have told me that D'Amico Ryans had the Houston Texans at 500 and had a shot at a playoff spot, I would have told you... Um, Don't do meth. Yeah, pretty much. Because I would have looked at you and been like, I also have oceanfront property in Lincoln, Nebraska, I would like to sell you. But, I mean, we're here now, nine weeks into the regular season, and D'Amico Ryans has them in the conversation. I mean, the beachfront property is a fine answer, but, I mean... It's hard to beat the don't do meth line. Don't do meth. <laughs> for all the respect I have for Colin Cowherd, I have to admit, the thing <laughs> that I borrowed from his show, I never thought it would be don't do meth. Um, that, that, one, that one's too good. It's too good not to use. <laughs> no, um, man, that's a fine selection. You, you, I don't know. Like, you had that, oh, my God, I wonder if this shrimp is bad look on your face. But, no, that ain't it. I, I, I you know. I thought for a minute you were going to come out with Zach Taylor or something ridiculous. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I don't have Ryan's, um, but he's a he's a fine answer. Um, I'm going to go, man. Listen, here's the thing: there have been I, I I was considering Robert Sala, but there's too many kind of front office kind of snafus, like you know your lack of a backup plan for Favre and having. Boils as your backup's backup who played at UConn, who has been awful at football. They've been so bad that the American, for all intents and purposes, kicked them out. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, and it's that tie break that's going to have me give it to Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns. We called them as a potential biggest surprise candidate mm -hmm. for even existing at this point. Now, to your point, your pick far more likely to hold than mine full season. If either of these teams are playoff competitive or lo and behold, make the playoffs, we're going to be repeating 
a couple of names here potentially for the coach of the year. And it might be unanimous in our eyes, just like Coach Peterson was last year, the actual coach of the year. Um, yeah, and, and the thing is, is obviously on paper, you, you, you sit here and you say, well, what about Nick Sirianni? He's 8-1. and I think a lot of people expected the Philadelphia Eagles to be where they're at and well, to take yeah. the low-hanging fruit right. when, when we have the, the Kevin Stefanskis, the D'Amico Ryans of the world who are doing things with teams that were not expected to be here. Again, mid-season award. We have to, to give honest, those guys the credit. Be in the discussion, though, let's be completely fair because the Georgia reboot is successful so far. Um, you know, Hertz has been injured, which just sounds very redundant to say. Uh, Jalen's been hurts. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 you know, but they're battling through that and making that work. And mate, listen, it's one thing to get to the mountaintop to maintain it is difficult. Not in this conference so much, though. And I, I think that's the biggest reason Sirianni didn't didn't make it beyond conversation in my, on my mind. He absolutely should be considered. So Correct. too should Andy Reid for leading a metamorphosized um, Kansas City Chiefs team. Granted. You lost to the Broncos, so that's going to be a no from me, dog. Um, and and you you can make the Peterson argument here in Jacksonville, second best franchise start. Um, you know all that other stuff. There's there's some good candidates here. I could even go with the Mike Tomlin defense, um, but their list of wins is not particularly impressive, so they would lose out to Peterson, for example. In my opinion, I can go John Harbaugh here. I could do. There's a lot of good directions here. But for now, with the Browns, it's the loss of Nick Chubb for me that does it. Mm-hmm. Um, while Peterson's had to deal with a lot of injuries, including uh, Zay Jones and their interior line with Walker Little and all that, um, they still have a pretty good team beyond that. Um, Stefanski, not so much. Their defense is amazing, but their offense, not great. <clears throat> not great, Bob. There we go. Um, so I have Stefanski right now as the coach of the year. Um, Robert Sala did get consideration, but you know, I, I think we got some fine breakdowns there. Um, one, someone could argue Pete Carroll, but <laughs> I don't think he's in the top five right now. Um, the way the, the, the way the last couple of weeks have shaken out for them. I don't necessarily know that I can put him in my top five. Right. Uh, they looked really bad last week against Baltimore. They look like they, like they never got off the plane. Teams look bad against Baltimore, though. Like I, I, it, I mean, even even the game against Cincinnati with 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 Joey, you know, still Joey being questionable Brad. on the calf, they just it didn't they didn't look great. They didn't look like they, they there was times that they were taking plays off. The offense didn't look like it, it was really moving the football very well. Um, you know, so like I'd probably leave Pete out of my top five. I mean, reality, D'Amico, Ryan's, Kevin Stefanski, Nick Sirianni. I think you have to put uh, Waffle House's favorite customer, Andy Reid, in there. I think you have to put Doug, Doug Peterson ahead of him, you know, and that and that's not that's not in any kind of order. I'm just saying I would take the five of them and, probably. And listen, of you better at least say his name so you don't get your knees bitten off while you're sitting at that freaking Waffle House because he's gonna fight you, like he's a staff member of the Waffle House in Man Campbell. Okay. Oh, correct. We yeah. love us some Man Campbell on this show. But again, Man Campbell doesn't get that. I think him filling the obvious power vacuum in the NFC North is is a bit of it, uh, an unfair advantage that he gains, much like uh, we're accounting for a Sirianni, right? So mm-hmm. and obviously losing three straight and being the reason that you miss players because of your hard style of football. I'm not giving it to Kyle Shanahan either, just, just so we're just so we're clear on that. Um, and now 
the moment of the awards everyone's been waiting for, Mikey Byrne, your MVP midseason 2023. Byrne, I give you the floor. So I've had I've had a couple names here uh, that I've that I've gone back and forth on. Um, a couple of them uh, will never get the love that they deserve to be in an MVP. Yeah, Trent um, Williams will never get that love. He's an offensive lineman, so no one cares. Uh- <laughs> get out of my head! Wait, what? Remember when I told you there was two names that I was going to mention before I actually mentioned my MVP pick? Right. One of them was Trent Williams. Oh, okay, fair. I, I pre- they, listen. You listened to it more than Ernest Christian did on his own show. So because like- because at the end of the day, that offense has come back to earth a little bit mm-hmm. since he's been hurt. When you have a guy who is a dominating offensive lineman, who is an absolute savage that can help keep Brock Purdy on his feet, when you don't have that guy, that offense looks very vanilla at points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have to understand while Brock Purdy is a nice pick, while Christian McCaffrey is the the, the leader of the offense in terms of yardage in there, and Debo Samuel has been dinged up, and Ayuk's been playing well, and Kittle's been playing well. When you lose that piece, that anchor of your offensive line, it kind of they come back to earth, you know. So Trent Williams is in the conversation. I'm going to give another offensive lineman some love here. The the guy who is the center of the brotherly shove. The guy who is... Sneak? Yeah, that thing. But other teams have tried this, and it hasn't worked. You want to know why? Because they don't have Jason Kelsey playing center. They don't have Jason mother-loving Kelsey. And here's the thing. I said this last night to, to, to Ryan. Ryan's a big Eagles fan. I said... When you have a guy, and you're running it right off of his hip, I mean, if he gets blown up, that play doesn't work. Other no. teams have tried it. Other teams have tried it, and they have failed. You want to know why? Because that center gets blown up. They're not, it's, they're not to the level of Jason Kelsey. So when you talk about guys who have been anchors of the MVP, yes, does that mean that Jalen Hurts is in the conversation? Yes, because of all the touchdowns that he has. But he doesn't have those touchdowns. He doesn't have those yardage if he's not running right off the hip of, of Jason Kelsey. I'm pretty sure Jason Kelsey's beard could even throw a block. Like probably, probably I wouldn't doubt it. Um, so I, I I mentioned the two of them to mention the guy that I'm going to actually take as my MVP. Um, I get it; the MVP has basically become a quarterback award, but I'm not going to give it to a quarterback. Damn my shit. my pick this season is your offensive player of the year. It is Christian McCaffrey. The guy has been all over the field. Yeah. Yeah. He has been an absolute stud. Um, I have him in a couple of different fantasy leagues. He's put up plenty of 35, 40, and 50-point games this season (laughs) that have won me games. 652 rushing yards, nine rushing touchdowns, 32 catches for almost 300 yards, and four more. Um, I get it. He's not Jalen Hurts. I get it. He's not um, Justin Herbert. I get it. He's not... Patrick LeVon Mahomes the second. Um, but he, this guy is the offense of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Uh, he stayed healthy so far this year. And he's also done it the last couple of weeks without the best offensive lineman in football. I mean, it, it's funny. You know, the one thing any of those quarterbacks can't do help in their own protection. Like Christian McCaffrey does to protect Brock. Correct. People have fallen in love with Brock. But without CMC, 
it ain't purdy. See what I did there? Yeah, huh? yeah. How's it going? Yeah. Um, no, hey, listen, man. Uh, you, you were talking about all these names, but uh, when you were talking, I was looking for three letters. I, I think you and I, through texts, have forecasted our particular choices to one another a little bit. And I know you were coming in hot with McCaffrey. Um, that being said, I'm going to have to stand fast and uh, move quickly, like as if I were a cheetah. Absolutely, the answer's Tyree Kill. People are talking about, oh, Tua Tungavailoa is the MVP. Really? Really? What's he going to do? What you're going to do, brother, when the cheetah's not hunting for you? There's a little bit of wrestling action there for you. I like that one. That one's good. That one's good. Oh, yeah. So um, I know that's a different wrestler, but anyways, the punchline's this, man. We mentioned earlier that offensive line being an issue um, with the injuries and stuff. The offensive line has been awful since I wrote for the Dolphins Wire back in 18 and 19. And it is, or excuse me, yeah, 18 and 19. And it hasn't stopped being bad since then. And it might have even started a little bit before when you really look at it. But... That gets negated because Tyreek Hill gets down the field that fast. You get him in space, there's a problem. Defenses have to account for him so badly that Jalen Waddle, when healthy, can make an impact. Raheem Mostert scoring how many touchdowns? 70 points in a football game doesn't happen without Tyreek Hill. And I know that's what everyone's married to. Kyle, you said the Dolphins don't matter if they play a team that has a defense. Yeah. That's a factor. Also, the Dolphins defense doesn't do any any favors for anybody. Every game has to be won like it's a shootout. Please see Michael Penix or Caleb Williams, right? Mm-hmm. I know these are college examples, but hey, they still hold and I could still mention them because both teams are better to the Giants than the Giants, according to Ernest Christian. So I say all of that to say, yeah, this is the only place I don't see Tyreek Hill making an impact like your guy runs CMC is in protection because he makes it so they don't need protection they get over correct and, and 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 mentioning the miami dolphins you mentioned Mostert. you mentioned waddle when he's healthy let's not forget that the guy who had like three or four rushing touchdowns prior to his injury devon a chain yes you know that's a guy that probably without tyree kill spreading the defense super thin and pulling you know guys isn't going to have as many rushing yards and touchdowns as he has you know tyree kill is an absolute menace um, he keeps defenses from being able to load the box with, with an extra body because you need that safety over the top to help your corner. If not, Tyreek Hill is probably going to run wide open somewhere and end up having an 85-yard touchdown if you try to press the box. Um, so, again, I, I love the pick there. I had him as my offensive player of the year. You know, we kind of just switched our, uh, switched our positions for the two of them. You know, you had McCaffrey as your offensive player of the year. I have him as MVP. You have Cheetah. I had Cheetah as my offensive player of the year. I mean – the reality of the situation is I think it's the two of them, and then I think it's everybody else. Um, it would have been Justin Jefferson in consideration. Yes, prior to the injury. Prior to the injury. That. And with that, it's time to get into the picks. Mikey Byrne, I uh, apologize to you and America in advance as the epic 1-7 and seven Panthers do battle with the Chicago Bears. Mikey Byrne, who you got? Good luck. Tie. <laughs> don't rule it out. Don't, don't rule it you, out, my friend. You, you know what? Give, give, give me Carolina final score five to three. Um, first of all, it's going to be two to nothing in favor of the Bears. No, I'm kidding. Um, merely on the strength 
of them being at home. Actually, I don't even know if Justin Fields is back. That's what I was saying. If Justin Fields plays, I think I take the Bears. If it's Tyson Bag of Bread, I think I take Carolina. Tyson Bag of Bread. Wow. Um, yeah, I didn't you know, say bag my bread. I just said bag of bread. I don't care whose bread you bag. I'm still picking the Panthers. Anyways, um, the Colts head over to Foxborough to battle the Patriots. Um, oh yeah, this is this is a Germany game, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I think it is. Yes, it's it's a it's a foreign game. Yeah, well, it's definitely a foreign game. I see the nine thirty time slot. Yeah. Um, I believe it is. It is in the Germany, perhaps here. I'm thinking the Frankfurt. Yes, it is very fun. Um, who you got, Mikey Byrne? Uh, I will take uh, Uncle Rico and the Indianapolis Colts, and then post game, I think Gardner Minshew drinks three boots of beer. Um, I think that's an appropriate action at any point when you're in Germany because the beer there is absolutely effing delicious, and I can personally vouch. I too have. Um, Uncle Rico, not to be confused with Rico Suave or Nico Suave. Nico Suave. That's right. Um, uh, And company handling business. And, you know, DeForest Buckner, he's he's good at football, too, on defense. Yeah, he's pretty Um, good. Not bad. Well, I'm always scared of him uh, when I'm – I shouldn't say scared. I always have to account for him when I'm covering the Colts when they battle the Jaguars. Um, So, yeah, I got the Colts as well. Mikey Byrne. Next up on the list, very fascinating game for me. The Browns head to Baltimore to battle the Ravens. An awesome defense versus Lamar Demetrius Jackson. If there's a game where he might get hurt, I would circle around this one. Please protect him well, Ravens. That's what I'll say. Who you got, Mikey Byrne? 10-7 Baltimore final. Um, so obviously he's 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 um he's taking the under this week. Yes. Um, I shan't front on that. I too have the Ravens, um, as well, but, uh, Mikey Byrne will have you, uh, take the Browns with the points, um, which I believe I did for, for this. I I think I I don't remember. I have to go back and listen to it so I can update the spreadsheet. If it was six, I think, I I think they were getting six and I, and I was like, yeah, you're almost getting a full touchdown. That's a lot of points. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, it was six because then I made the comment about one point being different. And somebody said, Matt knows because, you know, he's a degenerate. And I said, I'm not. And I still know. And bing and all of it. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, the Texans battle your guy in the home of Skyline Chili, everybody's favorite liquid. Uh, <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, CJ Stroud versus Joey. Bah, who you got, buddy? I think the biggest question mark here, um, and I said this last night on the FKC Fantasy Show, um, I don't let Jamar Chase play this week. The back, the the back doesn't feel right. Don't press this. The game next week, a, a, a short week, playing Baltimore. Uh, I feel that a a game, a week off for Jamar Chase. Give him that week off before you play Baltimore on the road in a game that you have to win to keep your hopes of winning the division alive. Because I think it's going to be increasingly harder to win that division if you go 0 and 2 against Baltimore. Even if they run into a tough slate at the end of the year, I, I think you have to look at it from the standpoint of if you're talking about a must win game, it's next week against Baltimore. I get it. I'm not taking D'Amico Ryan's my coach of the year. I'm not taking CJ Stroud, my offensive or rookie of the year, or Nico Suave for, for granted. Um, I'm thinking long term when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, with that being said, I'm going to take the Bengals to win this game. Um, and I think it's more or less because Houston has to come to Cincinnati 
more than anything else. I think if we were in Cincinnati or if we were in Houston, excuse me, I feel like this game would be a little bit more of a pick em for me um, because of how well the Houston Texans have played. I get it. Cincinnati's firing on all cylinders. They've won three or four straight. Bye week looks like Joe's feeling finally feeling healthy and dangerous. Um, but if I'm and use a college term here, if I'm looking at a schedule and calling a game a trap game, it's this game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, even with Jamar Chase, I feel like this is a trap game because you understand the assignment of that game next week against Baltimore. If you want to win the North, feels like a must win. You might start to overlook the Houston Texans, and this is not your grandpa's Houston Texans team. Where if you overlook them, you got to worry about Matt Schaub or uh, Davis Mills throwing the football. You got a guy who's vertically able to extend the field. Um, give me Cincinnati, but I think this game's a lot closer than people are going to think it is. By the way, I- I'm very sad I didn't come up with this back in the day when it was Matt Schaub for all the pick sixes he threw. Through one would think someone would have called him Matt Rob by now. Um, Listen, I, 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 cause I mean, Sage Rosenfels did it and I started calling him Sage Rosenfels. Um, I don't think the Bengals look at teams like this as trap games because regularly in their own division, they have those same trap games. They're called the Browns and the Steelers. Um, <clears throat> that being said, so wait, they sit Jamar chase. That means they still have, they only have Higgins, Boyd and Mixon. Oh, I'm so scared. Trey Hendrickson is his job is very clear. Get through that injured line, get in CJ Stroud's face. He's the only guy I believe has to understand the assignment. I too have Mikey the Homer Burns's Bengal. <laughs> Homer, Homer, Homer. Oh, that's great. You know, I, I don't know if your wife watches football with you and also cheers for the Bengals because then it could be Homer, Marge, Homer. Um, actually, she's actually she's a, she's an Eagles fan. Oh God! Anyway, but, um, but, but she'll, she'll root for the Bengals when they're not playing Philadelphia. So so long as she's not following Penn State. No offense to Mrs. Muleheisen. Anyways, uh, speaking of other, oh no, wait, I'm, I'm way too far down the list. Uh, the game of the week that I will be present for at Everbank Stadium, the 49ers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mikey Byrne is. Are we going to have him? Is he back this week? Do we know? I we don't know about Trent Williams. No, I I've okay. not seen yet. Any any word on Debo? Debo is looking good to come back. I think this game's close either way. Personally, I think this game's a very, very close game. Um, I get it, West Coast team traveling east, but I I, I don't think that that necessarily messes with San Francisco to the extreme of other teams. Um, give me, give me San Francisco. Um, but I think this one is, is a one score game three, maybe a late field goal gets the victory for, uh, San Francisco. Mikey Byrne, how many games have the Jacksonville Jaguars won at Everbank stadium this year? Zero. Not that bad. Two. Well, <clears throat> actually, I actually don't know the answer to that question. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just throwing. No, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm I'm setting the table because you know this. The, you you mentioned the team traveling mm-hmm. west to east. So the the reason why I'm inclined to examine that is how much of a, of a factor it truly is, right? Because we mentioned San Francisco, such as they are traveling. Granted, all I keep hearing about from EJ Christian, and he and he's not wrong, is that what they do travels well let's review the actual game 
at Everbank Stadium. Okay, lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Texans. Oh, but Kyle, the the Bills were a. Or excuse me, the Falcons were a home game. No, no, they weren't. That was in London. <laughs> the only home win at Everbank Stadium is against former Jacksonville Jaguar quarterback Uncle Rico Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Meeting, should they beat the 49ers, only then will they be 500 at Everbank. And during the bye week, they acquired another weapon in Chase Young to attack the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is only now really clearing his knee injury just in time to possibly get hurt again. God, I hope not. Against a, a, a an offensive line that's featuring a rookie in Anton Harrison that is outperforming, no question, and guards injuries galore. Cam Robinson is their best offensive lineman out there right now, and he's not their best offensive lineman. The correct answer is Walker Little. But all that to say, that only confirms that you'll have the under. The Jacksonville Jaguars have not played a complete complete game on offense all year. I have no reason to believe they'll do it now. I, too, have the San Francisco 49ers coming into town. Go ahead and say it, Vern. Homer, Homer. <laughs> <laughs> I give you all that analysis and you still think I'm a homer. Um, Saints, Vikings. Thank you for who you go. Uh, give me the Saints. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. Um, I like Josh Dobbs, but that's a much better defense they're going to be playing uh, when they come to town. Um, Derek Carr handles business, so too do the Saints go marching into Minnesota to handle that game to keep the dominance of. The NFC South. Next up, uh, Packers, Steelers, Mikey Byrne. Give me uh give me small hand pickets in the uh Steelers. Small hand pickets. Me, I would have personally opted to take Omar Epps because I mm. still don't believe in Matt LaFleur. Oh, sorry, Mike Tomlin. Um, yeah, TJ Watt uh um scares <laughs> scares Jordan Love so badly. Yeah, it that's that's it, you get where I'm going. I got the yep. ceiling. Um Titans, Bucks, Mikey Byrne. Wow, this is this game's oof, boy. Uh, give me, give me, you know what? Give me Will Levis. He's been announced as a starter for the rest of the year. Uh, I'll take that vote of confidence as a victory for the Tennessee Titans. Listen, it's adorable that he threw all those touchdowns against a team whose defense was bad. I want to see what he does against at least a passable defense and battling somebody who will fight him tooth and nail. Maybe breaking a ruler tool, he said jokingly about Maker Bayfield. I did that on purpose. Relax. Um, I'm gonna pick the Bucks simply because they're at home. Um, don't bet this game. Nope. Um, the fraud cons haired to Arizona the to channel the return of one Kyler Murray as he gets shopped around like it's his coming out party or something. I don't know who you got, Mikey Byrne. I'll take Kyler in his return because I'm not picking the fraud cons. <laughs> bunch of frauds the burn is picking the return and as much as i call atlanta fraudulent I, I can't believe in the cardinals enough i'm going to pick the falcons but if they lose rest assured danny thompson i will be texting you um i'm gonna save this game for the end because all the other ones suck in comparison uh the giants head to dallas to battle the cowboys who you got okay, is anybody picking the giants pass. For this? yeah pass let's just move on yeah, Cowboys, definitely. Your commanders head to Seattle to do battle with the Seahawks. Mikey Bird. Uh, I think this game's going to end up being closer than people think it's going to be, but I will still take Seattle to walk away victorious. 
Yeah, I mean, closer than it will be is always kind of what the Red Tails, sorry, commanders do. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I am taking the Seahawks. Maybe uh, Mr. Witherspoon, Mr. Devin Witherspoon, gets his presence felt again to make an impact on the game and prove us both very smart for our midseason rookie defensive rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, your Sunday night game, which for some reason could not be flexed, the Jets head to Vegas to battle. <laughs> What you got? I know. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> this game might the final score might be nine six. Um, you know what? Give me Vegas. You can keep that. I think. Um, I I think the score will be uh, at least sixteen to six. Uh, because Sauce Cardinal will get two pick sixes. I have That's the- very well, very well possible. <laughs> Um, and of course, Monday nights. Does anybody have the Bills? Listen, we talk about the Bills having a low floor but a high ceiling. Anybody actually think they're losing to the Broncos? Pass. Here we go. Um, and now the actual final game. Man Campbell takes his pride and travels over to the Chargers in LA to battle Lions Chargers. Who you got, Mikey Byrne? I'm not turning my back on Man Campbell now. Give me the Lions. Yeah, if you do that, the only thing that'll happen is you get the back of your kneecaps bit. I, too, have the Detroit Lions. Mikey Byrne, that'll do it for the picks. That'll do it for the midseason awards. Thank you a ton for coming aboard and doing what is – I have no idea where that thumbs up came from, but I liked it. Uh, it's it's um, so, so because I'm on my MacBook, I can do, like, oh, hand motions and backs. cool things happen. Hey. You know, I, I need to step my game up. The best I have is just, you know, chalkboard stuff and 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 a, and a sound effect or two. I, 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 you know, I have a school bell. And I haven't played the Dion, the 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 Coach Prime theme and the remix in some time. I have that working against me. What can I say? Um, yeah. I oh, I do have, uh-oh, but, you know, I got to mm-hmm. save that for 32-42 when yeah. somebody dropped a hard bomb. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, I did that. That's me. Yeah, your best earnest Christian impression. Fortunately, it didn't last the whole episode. Tell the people where you can be found otherwise, Mikey Byrne. You can follow me on Twitter at They Call Me Burn. Uh, you can listen to me talk about wrestling on the Take Three Wrestling Podcast with our good friend Big Jim Nice and my friend Joe Lopez. You can also listen to me five for fighting on the Huddle Up stream. You can listen to FKC Fantasy Hour right here on the Huddle Up Incorporated feed as well. Um, yeah, otherwise, that's it. That's all I got, man. Yeah, if you listen to FKC, make sure you just uh, mute Craig Horn. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm terrible. Lee accurate. Anyways, um, an honor, joy, and privilege. Thank you to Mikey Byrne for stepping in. Thank you, all of you, for jumping in. Of course, I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram and threads as the same, the SOTG. Find me on Facebook as the student of the game. Check out my writing and uh, work with the three-point conversion uh, on the YouTube channel and on iHeartRadio. You'll hear the Duval Dive, another podcast I do as well. Um, also with the Jaguar Report of SI. Um Look out for something as I will be writing something live from Everbank Stadium here on Sunday. The day after I cover UCF football, hosting the best moment in the world in Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State as I write with the black and gold banneret. That's a thing, too, that should be fun. And, of course, the Duval Dive, Friday at 11.15. We will be doing a simulcast here, not only through our normal podcast stuff and the Sertoba Media YouTube channel and the Huddle Up uh, YouTube channel and the 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 A7B in Sports uh, Facebook Live and the SOTG Twitch and all that. The Pro Sports Fans app will also 
be hosting the Duval Dive, a simulcast on that app. I'm going to try that for the first time with my guy, Travis Holmes of BigCatCountry.com. Um, does a lot of good work for them there as well. Um, also, check out any work I'm doing with A7BN Sports regarding the Orlando Magic. So, for my good friend Mikey Byrne, that's your midseason awards and a little bit more. But until next time, everybody, class dismissed. <laughs>